1: Girl, stop playing. Stop Playing Podcast, it's your favorite homegirl, Coryell here to encourage you to stop playing with your potential and start working for what you want in life and in love. You already know that I believe you can make the money and you can get the honey. You can have it all as long as you are willing to work. And today I get to introduce y'all to another working woman. But before we get into today's show, I got to make sure y'all remember that you got to like this episode Comment below and let us know how much you enjoyed the conversation. And subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss out on any of the amazing guests that are going to be gracing the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Pull Your Card, my brand new party game that is adding a little razzle-dazzle to your next girl night, game night, vacation, vacation, family reunion, whatever you, however you like to get it in, Pull Your Card is the perfect addition to the party. You can grab your deck at pullyocard.com. Today you get to meet Mrs. Ooh, miss. She missed y'all. Miss, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Talya. Miss Taya Rapley. <laughs> You just tore me all up. They're going to edit this, y'all. Let me say that again. (laughs) Today, y'all get to meet my girl, Tanya Rapley. She is the founder of My Fab Finance, which provides content and a community around money for millennials and maternal, which is a resource that provides financial, educational, and emotional support during pregnancy. Welcome to the show, Tanya.
2: It's about time that I'm here. Listen,
1: I know <laughs> we had to work it out, but we did it. You are in the building, and I've been looking forward to this conversation. It's, so. I, I have a feeling we're about to get into some stuff. We're gonna get into it. Listen, <laughs> we're gonna get into it. We're gonna keep it light, but we are gonna get into it. Um, so I want to talk first about your evolution as a CEO because you've done a lot of things since I've known you. You know, from my my fab finance to you know the the multiple businesses that you have. Purchase the businesses that you have started and I want to just talk about how your passions have changed as you've pursued different entrepreneurial endeavors.
2: Yeah, like serial entrepreneur. For real, for real. And I feel real. like most entrepreneurs are serial entrepreneurs mm-hmm. at heart because mm-hmm. um, there were businesses before MyFab Finance that didn't work. That like we don't know just, about. It was just like, okay, this isn't making sense. Mm-hmm. This doesn't work. Um, and what's funny is I feel like now it's coming full circle because I'm kind of returning to where I started. So I went to school for public administration and okay. policy. And in college... What does
1: that mean exactly? So for me, it meant less math. <laughs> oh, no, gotcha. but
2: for me, <laughs> it also meant that like working with governments, I worked on city plans. So I went to college okay. in Miami. So okay. I worked on city plans for quite a few of the municipalities in Miami, Florida, created community like focus groups and charrettes and everything like that. A lot of research around affordable housing then this was right before the crisis of 2008. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny because I'm kind of moving back Back into that now mm-hmm. after I've been in my fat finance, but there's so many things. I think most people know me from my fat finance, but I also um, I tried my hand at being a CFO for a little while. That wasn't my not thing, your thing. for for a, a startup, and we just really looked at our minimal viable product. And was like, this does That's not, not this ain't gonna catch like we hope it would. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to move away from that. But then also. Um, I started a company, Can Inclusive, which we co-founded. Can Inclusive, which mm-hmm. is seeking to drive diversity and inclusion in the cannabis space, and that yes. is still operating. Okay. I stepped back because it was starting to mess with my finance clients. Like they were like, it's "They still were schedule we- one. a little weary." Oh yeah, they're like, "It's still Schedule One. You can't be a spokesperson now here, running yeah. around selling selling cannabis." I can't believe this is still life. It's crazy. You know, it's great But uh, hey, look, that's the benefit of having two co-founders. Because mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. "Listen, we're not about to mess the money up." Right. This is still a startup. This is not bringing enough money to cover all of our bills. Uh, but The beautiful thing about that is they've really been holding down the fort, Mary um, and Charlize and the team behind them. And we're the only black women in New York City with our cultivation license. Well, nice. New York State. Got you, can't occlusive, and so like that's the beauty of like What's starting a cultivation
1: things? license. Cultivate, like, you can grow. You, you out here you growing. Legally,
2: you can legally grow and sell. Wow, okay. In New York. Um, and so we're it's part of like a larger license, uh-huh. but that's it's you know that's the beauty of having multiple interests and kind of fielding them and starting things. I'm like, you know what? Mm-mm.
1: And you don't have to be the face of everything. No, is, I don't want to be the face right. of like that's hard. It is hard.
2: I'm burnt. Listen, like I, I just posted. Um, that on instagram last night um someone else was saying like she's burnt out i've been a full-time content creator for eight years
1: that is like well
2: january will make eight years seven Mm -hmm. years so far your
1: girl is tied
2: um you know every time you turn around the algorithm's changing and all these other things i was like you know what instagram
1: (laughs) get out of here i just literally i just did instagram live like earlier today i read an article yesterday i think it was on forbes but the whole article was about the fact that black women are leaving social media. Yeah. And it's like, we, t- we are tired, ty- we are tired t- with a T. Tired. Yeah, it's you a know? lot. And when you look
2: at like the gifts and everything, a lot of them are based around like black women, black mm-hmm, characters mm-hmm, and everything mm-hmm. else. I feel like we're low-key getting moving the, this thing. It's we're us. moving it. Yes. We're definitely we moving
1: it. We're monetizing any lightweight. Yes. Us. You remember yeah.
2: Clubhouse was around and like mm-hmm, that's what everybody mm-hmm, said. Mm-hmm. Like all of us are driving Clubhouse's platform. We need our own platform and people yes. try to put one together. Didn't work, but Clubhouse yeah. kind of yeah. just came with went. Fizzled.
1: So. It's a little, little fizzled out a little bit. Yeah. Um, so with I do want to start with my fat finance yeah. just a little bit my baby. because we are I don't know if we're in a recession getting into one I don't know what the current status is okay yeah. but that is a scare for a lot of people who don't have diverse income streams and who aren't necessarily in control and driving you know their own destiny which yeah. will talk about designing your destiny as well um but what is your advice for like what people should be doing right now in preparation of or in survival of a recession
2: yeah i mean honestly i think even if you have multiple revenue streams it's still something like ooh, ooh, what, what's going on to, like what happens if a few of these dry up mm-hmm. because we all become accustomed to a certain quality of life and a standard so i mean even me when i was thinking about my pivot i was like okay how is this going to affect the companies that i depend on and how should i move accordingly based on that mm-hmm. are we in a recession You know, they keep pushing back what recession means, what recession means, what recession. But we know we have inflation. Some stuff is going on. What we do know is things are expensive. And like our quality of life is a lot of us have become accustomed to a certain quality of life. And that quality of life is costing us more. So irregardless if we enter a recession or not, you still need to be preparing for whatever. Mm -hmm. Like the best thing to do is prepare for the worst. But the worst doesn't occur Mm -hmm. and you're still prepared. prepared. Yeah, because now you're like, ooh, now I get to breathe easier than if it actually would have occurred. And I think it's important to note that there are going to be people who go through personal recessions and there are going to be people who aren't impacted by this recession. And it all is dependent on planning. Like, while you can get ahead of it, get ahead of it. They've been Mm -hmm. talking about this thing since January Mm of 2022. If it happens in March of 2023, you can't say they have not been talking about this. I just feel like at this point, I can't really have an interview without somebody asking that That's question. Because
1: people, what do we do? Taya, what do we do? How I know. We, we don't want to go
2: into the Great Depression. Right. Like, we don't. Lord knows. Like, yeah. you know, we don't want things to get that hard. And I don't think they will because we're just a completely different society. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's like very digital, remote work is possible. Uh, I just think that it's very different now. Mm-hmm. But you can still experience a personal recession.
1: Yes. So, do you, in terms of like investments, and I know, you know, there's obviously not a one size fits all thing, but I know you're into real estate. We've talked, you know, offline about getting into trading and all of the things. What would be your best advice, even though we know everybody's situation is different? Mm -hmm. But what is something that you feel confident in that people could at least start exploring or looking into in terms of like investment opportunities?
2: Investment opportunities, um, that's interesting because, like you said, it's based on everybody else's. I think that when we think about investing, it's like making money, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think investing in yourself honestly and like honestly the truth is investing in yourself because investing in yourself will give you more capital to invest in other things without the fear and concern or the need for it to pay Mm -hmm. off like there's a reason they have accredited investing as a standard for people to make larger investments because they're like if you lose it all we don't want you to blame us don't be looking over here we don't want you to lose it if you lose it all like so we need to make sure you can afford to lose money Mm -hmm. and I think the same thing is like investing in yourself investing in your skill sets investing in your knowledge and bet whatever that that looks like so that you can bring in more money. Mm-hmm. That's the most important investment mm-hmm. to be making right now. Facts, and then utilizing that extra money to invest in other things. Invest in maybe you say, okay, let me buy land. Mm-hmm. You know, land like and understand what game you're playing because like buying land is not like a quick turnaround. You're not going right. to buy that it That is a long
1: term plan. It's,
2: there are certain instances where you can flip it but for the most part it's a long term thing mm-hmm. um, and even real estate you know I bought my first investment property in December called myself taking December off to learn how to trade bought an investment property first week of December trading and went out the window right 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 um, just now getting that apartment oh, those apartments rented out um, decided to go the short term rental route with them but it's like that's a, it's not necessarily a quick turnaround the quickest turnaround is going to be you right like that's the quickest turnaround and then use that money to
1: to do other things yeah to to diversify um so you talk a lot about designing your life and you have been very unapologetic in doing things your way pivoting as necessary (laughs) like i'm gonna live the life that that makes me happy the life that is fulfilling for me so what is your definition of designing your life how does how does that truly look
2: um, designing my life looks like living in the way I was designed and and aligned with my divine assignment. So that's what designing my life means. It's like understanding who I was designed to be mm-hmm. and being true to that and then also honoring the divine assignment what I feel like I was put here to do. I feel like I was put here to be a teacher, like and not a school teacher, because they ain't making enough money for me. <laughs> I did work in nonprofit, but I'm, I'm so happy I had a friend that freed me. She said, Tanya, you can do well and get paid well for yes. doing it. Yes. Like, I, I saw someone had a, a clip recently about like service and service and important to serve. And it's like, yes, but you don't got to struggle through your right. service. Right. Like, you can serve and get paid well. Mm-hmm. And so. I think that my, I think I was put here to live a good life and help others do the same and inspire others to do the same, but also honoring who I am and knowing who I am. Like life design also means that the way you live your life now might not make sense five years, 10 years down the line because you're a different person. Hell, three years down the line Mm -hmm. because you're a different person. You've gone through different things. Like last year I was married. This year I'm divorced. My life Girl, design looks completely. Oh my them. bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. Spoiler alert. don't get to that. Um, but yeah, like life design is it's also flexible. And one of the things I have written down in my little shower pad because I've like I get all my good ideas in the shower. Come on, shower. So pad. I have like this little pad you can write notes on in the shower. And it's like life design doesn't mean having the perfect life. It doesn't. It means having a life where you can flow through the challenges that may arise and enjoy as many portions of this life as possible. Mm-hmm. It's
1: not always going to be perfect. So you mentioned the life that I was designed for. Like, how do you come to that realization of what yeah. you were designed for? Like, what you what you specifically were designed to do?
2: Yeah, as you said, I'll be doing what I want, right? Um, and so it is a lot of trial and error. It's relocation. I mean, when I graduated from college, there was a point where I lived in, like, five cities in two years. Mm. Just, like, picking up. A I move, hate like, moving. Oh, oh, my God. Move. I mean, I ain't had nothing then. So it was like, we will be taking a bag. we yeah, packing a yeah, suitcase yeah. up. Like, yeah. I was so disrespectful. Like, we're going to leave that furniture my mom and dad you gave know? me in here.
1: Yeah. Like, now that
2: I know how much furniture costs, girl. Ugh. It's a thing. Um. But it was, like, relocating, changing my environment to see, like, what spoke to me most. I feel like I found myself the most in New York City because New York really provides space for you to explore all your layers without judgment. Mm-hmm. I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. There's certain things that I did in New York City that... In you North that. they'd be like oh, girl she is, is she like one of them Neptune's girls like it's like it was just alternative it was weird yeah. with Charlotte um I would say also exploration and so I was raised Christian I studied Buddhism I converted to Islam in my mid-twenties really then, yep did you unconvert
1: I mean I whatever. whatever I, I don't, I don't know, know what that I don't know if called, you but, denounced okay. or whatever
2: I stopped praying five times a day gotcha. I was like y'all what I'm not coming to this like, monster no more the cause. Huh? what
1: was that Pivot, like, like when you did you have like a realization and it's like, no, this is not for me anymore. I did, I did. Interesting. Um, It
2: was me asking questions and I was asking questions and stuff. Just wasn't making sense. Math wasn't math. It it. was. I was like, "Mm." yeah. I don't, now this might work for some people, and that's where I've come to the realization is that I feel like God finds people the best way that He can enter their lives. Mm -hmm. And so so for some people, Islam makes sense. For some people, Judaism makes sense. For Mm -hmm. some people, Christianity makes sense. So for some people, being agnostics makes sense. And so for me, it's like, okay, well, that's cool for y'all. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Like, I've seen what this is about. Me and God, like, thank you. I talked to God five times a day for the past year and a half. We are, we good. Me and God, like this. And um, I feel like I learned a lot about myself in that process and learned a lot about myself from walking away from that process. Because I think that there's a lot of fear um, involved with shifting your religion or going against what's been instilled in you. And I really had to trust my intuition, trust God and trust myself. Mm -hmm. And so I think I learned a lot about myself in that process. Um, And just being curious, just being curious, therapy, therapy.
1: Mm hmm. Like, uh, Come on, therapy.
2: Therapy. I remember um, when I had my son, I had a lot of anxiety. That
1: I was like, girl, you're not even an anxious person. We don't even listen, we talk about postpartum depression, but we don't anxiety. ever mention postpartum anxiety. Girl, that everything got a, a label on it. Uh, a, a choke hazard, a, mm-hmm. you know, a Sid's warning, and it's like, like this is your responsibility. If something happens, it is on you. you. Like yes. this is your person, yes, and yes. you love them. Yes. Like
2: you know, my son, I was like, I, I remember my mom telling me that when she had me, she's like, I never felt love like that. And like, it's true, becoming mm-hmm, a parent, mm-hmm. you're just like, oh my gosh, this I didn't my... know. Yeah. Wow, like I love you beyond. Yeah, And so I had all these roles that I was playing. I was CEO, I was mom, I was wife. And my therapist was like, you've never renegotiated your relationships in these in these role changes, mm-hmm. and you haven't given yourself time to deal with these different roles. You're just rolling with the punches mm-hmm. instead of being like, "Okay, who am I in this?" Pause. Phase? Yeah. Yeah. So therapy was really helpful in that regard
1: too. Listen. Okay. So let's talk about maternal because yeah. I becoming a mother. You know you. I feel like people be judging me when I say this, but I can only be honest, okay? What I thought, like my first introduction to postpartum depression was like an episode of ER. It was like a woman had come in, she had tried to harm her baby, and in my mind that's what postpartum depression I meant. Right, it's like, yeah. you don't like your baby, you don't love your baby. It's That's what it meant let to it me. Cry in a room. And listen, don't cancel me, don't kill me in the comments. That's truly what I thought it meant. Yeah. But then you become a mother, and I'm a part of all of these Facebook groups, because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just trying to figure it out, so I'm getting a part of these communities to try to get with other people. And the things that they were going through and talking about, I could not necessarily identify with, mm-hmm. but then I had my baby. And I still don't necessarily feel like I, you know, I never wanted to harm my child. I never wanted to harm myself. But I feel like there was definitely like a a loss of like my old life. You know, like a depression around yes. losing who I was and the freedom. I mean, especially as entrepreneurs. The freedom. the freedom that we are blessed with is like irreplaceable. So losing that and then it's like, yo, this baby, is he's still here? You know, like you wake up and he's Still here. Or they wake so, you up. It's yeah, like, it's like, damn, I'm a mom again. You know, like, again. I can't even sleep how I want I, to. Still. Still can't sleep how I want to, okay? <laughs> still can't sleep how I want to. But that, to me, is a conversation that we don't have. You don't know these things until you're in it. You can't really prepare for it. And like I just said, the anxiety thing, you know, like, making sure he's still breathing. That's a whole thing that it's like... Never goes away. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's I don't think it's ever gonna go away. And so I'm assuming that part of that was like some of your motivation behind creating, you know, the movement. But tell me yeah. wh- like what was your what was your motivation behind
2: it? Maternal was a lot about my life design. Mm-hmm. Um and even then I was designing my life and I didn't really know that I was doing it back then, but I worked in nonprofit before becoming a full-time entrepreneur in mm-hmm. the finance space. And so, we talked a lot about maternal mortality. Like, this was before it was a buzzword. This is like 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. We're talking about maternal mortality. So, I was terrified. Yes. I was like, yo,
1: women are really dying.
2: Really dying baby. in like in
1: America. Two, post-2000s. And Georgia's like number one on the list.
2: Yeah. And so, I had, I mean, I had anxiety about that. And so, when I got pregnant, I had an, um, I had an OBGYN. I had a midwife and I also had a birthing class instructor mm-hmm. so I took Bradley birthing method the Bradley birthing method and then I had my my midwife who I was paying for out of pocket and then mm-hmm. OBGYN who the my insurance insurance paying. yeah and I realized and I had an amazing like pregnancy I had an amazing delivery it was just beautiful and I realized that I had a privileged birthing experience because I had the financial resources mm-hmm. to do so. Yep. And I didn't want women not to have a beautiful and therapeutic birthing experience because they, they couldn't of money. afford it. Yeah. Right. So that's why maternal was created. Gotcha. But then also, we support pregnancy and beyond. So it's not just
1: like pregnancy. Baby, it's, it's a beyond.
2: It is, it's really the postpartum. Yes. Like, it really is the like, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to wash my hair and eat in between trying to get. Can sleep? I shower? Because they tell you sleep while the baby sleeps, but it's like, yeah, what right. Do I I'm do? worried about the baby
1: staying alive while he's sleeping. I need
2: to watch him. And like, what do I. Because I now I got to catch up. Yeah. Like, now I got to yeah. like wash my ass while yeah. the baby is yeah. sleeping. And then because he might wake up in the middle of that. So it's a thing. It, yeah. it, so I want to have that support because I think a lot of that also drives postpartum depression. For and sure. And like I, I remember and I had all these resources. My midwife was amazing. After I had my son, you had a hospital birth but she came to the house like every day to check on me and like made sure I ate and everything mm-hmm. else. And my, um like Karis's father was also amazing. I was like, look, we got to eat. And so he got, he worked, found a chef and was having meal prep, mm-hmm. like meals delivered. We ate so good in them postpartum days. But, that really helped. I still remember sitting down in my room, like trying to find something to wear. And I was like, damn, I can't wear none of this. Mm-hmm. My Titties is leaking. Mm-hmm. I can't wear this. I can't wear this. I got to be able to like easy access and like breastfeed him and everything. And it hit. And I was like, wow, life is different. <sighs> like, Girl, you can't even leave the house without putting your little nipple pad in yep. because yep. otherwise you're you gonna, gonna have, mad. Little, the you the gonna have day, a little listen, ring yep. like right
1: there on your shirt, you're gonna be embarrassed
2: because the letdown done happened. Yep. And um, it was that. And then I wanted to get my nails done, I was like, I don't even have time to go get a manicure and a pedicure. And I mean, that could sound privileged or whatever, no, but like that's, sound, me that's real life, time. yeah. And it was like,
1: and, and then I'm then not I, taking my baby to the nail shop, that's no, the one place he is not. going I'm not going. taking a
2: newborn, like here's,
1: I mean, I
2: ain't judging anybody to have, yeah, no shade, no, you gotta do what you gotta do. But Kara still ain't stepped foot in the nail Yeah, side. no. Like, we're going to do it while we're he's not at school. it, right. But also, I'm an entrepreneur. That comes down to life design. Right. And understanding we, that like, have I the freedom to make those have choices. space for myself. Yeah. Outside of being a parent. And for me, being an entrepreneur allows me to have that space mm-hmm, for myself. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. allows me to afford to hire people to give me that space for yep. myself. So, yeah, that's maternal. We, I mean, we provide, we also cover, um. If someone wants to become a doula or a birth worker. Mm-hmm. We will cover their training so that mm-hmm. they can beca- so they can serve more Black women. Yeah, um, we we paid for laundry from we paid for housekeepers. I love it. Um, babysitters, diapers. Like, what do you need to experience motherhood on your own terms right now? There's
1: so many things again that you like don't know about until it's like you're okay at this point. You're pregnant. There's no turning back. <laughs> like the baby is coming. coming. You have to figure these things out. <laughs> it's too late for you to say, okay, wait a minute, I'm not ready for that, like you have to just it's like on-the-job training. You gotta figure oh it out. God. And to your point, I feel like I had a very privileged pregnancy. Um, my birth experience was not... I've never even talked about it, y'all. And I still i still got PTSD. I still can't really talk about it. I ain't gonna lie to you. But what I have prepared... Because I'm... I'm preparing for everything. Yes, I you're a classes. prepper. Listen, I'm doing all of the things. Like I, you had your overnight, I, you had your night nurse. Listen, like, well, I was like, when I the he coming?" When I baby? had my night nurse. I had the listen. I had all of it. I paid for the doula. I paid out of pocket. My husband works for Kaiser. Like we, when I say my baby would have cost like five hundred bucks, like nothing. We paid out of pocket for a home birth. You know, for a midwife, for the doula, for the all of the things, and then nothing that I prepared for worked out the way that I anticipated. Mm -hmm. But thank God I had, you know, the luxury of being able to, you know, try to plan my process the best that I could. But there are so many women who... Can't advocate for themselves. No. They show up at the hospital clueless, get taken advantage of, get mistreated, yep. get uh, borderline abused. You know, in these and hospitals, and and they're scared. And it's a scary thing. Like oh, there's so many reasons to actually be scared. And so, you know, I commend you for it because it ain't. I don't know. There's not a lot of money in you know creating resources for. Oh,
2: it's a labor of love, right? It's Ain't no money over there. right? This
1: is a passion project. <laughs> Ain't no money over because there. you realize like it's needed, it's necessary, and you know I just had my midwife um, on an episode where we talked about like how home birth, home birthing is like shunned. It's like looked down oh, upon. Oh my That's gosh! The whole thing. Oh, yeah.
2: I remember when I told my mom that I had hired a midwife. My mom was like. So you gonna have my great baby, grandbaby in the house like some? And I was like, Girl, like a heathen, like some savage. First like, of all, man. like he might be safer in the house than the Very hospital, and though. I might be safer there too. Yeah, I was like, but you know, I'm gonna do my research. But it is shut now. Granted, thing. I am not a home birther. I, like I, I was not either. Not I get, my choice. But people I was think not. because like I eat, I eat gluten free and everything else that I'm like the home birth. No, keep that in the hospital. Like keep that trauma. I don't care how good your birthing experience is. There's some trauma associated with them is, when them yeah. contractions come through and you just remember like your body's just getting assaulted. And you're just like, yeah, when is yeah, it over? Yeah. Like I didn't want that in my house. Yeah. I don't want to clean. I don't no, you know. It's messy. Birth I is believe. Messy.
1: wholeheartedly, you know, that God has a plan. And, you know, my son had to go to the NICU for two days. And so hindsight, you know, being 2020, all I can think about is what if something went wrong at my house? You know, like what if he needed extra care? And I'm I'm at the house because I'm so stubborn because I just, you know, have to do things my way. So it really came down to me being a mother and thinking about my child and knowing that it doesn't matter what you want you have to do what's best and so that's even a tough thing that if you don't have a community if you don't have support if people are judging you and your choices that's tough because you really truly are just trying to do your best trying to survive really like you're just trying to survive because if you look at statistics like that shit is scary it is definitely scary if you start looking into Black women specifically and our birthing experience.
2: And that's why I say like when I was pregnant though, I was like, don't, talk to me about your traumatic birthing Please, experience like keep that to yourself. okay girl oop i don't want to hear that like, like girl you going to die twice um okay so we not feeling we're not feeling those stories right now i only want to hear about good happy. positive outcomes like tell me how the baby just slid out yes. like you didn't even know was you so yeah, girl, like, I I was in so labor like, Girl, i didn't even know like i didn't know i was pregnant yes. and i just had yes. a baby. i just showed up at a hospital <laughs> like, and the baby was
1: there like, so first of all i'm so jealous of those know. women who are like yeah i had the baby on the way to the hospital he just came so fat Please, me too, Corio. Listen, listen, please. I'm still very girl, maybe the second one, maybe the hopeful, second one. You know, God, I was so. I, was like, at, God, I thought I was your girl. At- one thing about Mama, she is going to make sure that everyone else is taken care of before she even.
0: Labor, and like, at hour, like, 20,
2: I
1: listen, was like, oh. Listen. We, listen. this ain't
2: there, like, okay. I, I
1: like, had, like, a 46-hour traumatizing oh me and my husband. I'm like, when I tell you, me and my husband, we, like, thickest as thick, like, it, it, he has seen me you know like if someone who experiences birth with you it's like it ain't you could literally I could do anything in front of you like I can that, that, I have no shame and there that's how I feel no in general now like shame. after you've been in
2: the room with your like yes
1: everything you, in the air open ev- everything, and ev- like, girl whatever it ain't even who cares you gonna see what you gonna see you gonna see what you gonna <laughs> see um okay so we weren't even supposed to get into that conversation because I, I do got a couple more business com- uh, questions so I, I'm just gonna ask you that's how more. motherhood takes that. over that's your life goes. you that's, know these babies run everything um but you posted something and I want to go back to this because I felt like it was like such a profound thing I think it was part of your birthday lessons like the, the mm. things that you've learned that was so good one of them was every good idea isn't yours to execute and I felt like is she talking to me? Because the moment I get a good idea I'll be like ooh I need to do it and I need to do it today yeah. like right now. How did you, did you learn that lesson the hard way? Like how did you come to that conclusion and like help because that's such a thing
2: yeah i learned it from a few ways i learned it from burning myself out because Mm -hmm. i just had this tendency right you free up you get overwhelmed Mm -hmm. you take things off your plate to free up yourself and then you add only be like you know what i got capacity to do this thing let me this i had this idea and it's brilliant like we got the space to do it like Mm -hmm. let's do it i am continuously editing like myself last two weeks ago i created a journal and it's like i was like girl who doing this launch and who doing this rollout? Every idea is not like your idea to execute. And it could be an amazing idea. And I have to tell that to some of my friends who like, I came up with this like five years ago and now look, somebody's executing. That might be their idea to execute. You're doing great at what mm -hmm, you're doing. mm -hmm. Clearly like that wasn't the thing that was gonna be your next thing. That Mm -hmm. wasn't gonna be your amazing thing. And it's just like, you can have great ideas, like yes. But you have to ask yourself, do I have capacity? Does my team have the bandwidth? Do I even wanna sustain this? What is what is this doing for me that I need done in my life? Like, mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. what really is it, what is this doing? And now, now I check in myself, like, is this ego? Is this like mm-hmm. an ego play? Do I
1: think I just gotta do it all? Do, do we gotta do I it can. for like a claim? Like, what, yeah.
2: we, what are we doing this yeah. for? Like, does it add to the quality of your life? Does it add to the mission? Or is this an ego play? Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's important to ask ourselves that I bought a company. 2018 mm-hmm. i bought a, a e-commerce company because like yeah you know i want to scale so and so and so that e-commerce company like it was, i'm gonna take
1: you out it's a thing
2: it's in, i didn't like the inventory management and the customer service
1: was it dropship? no
2: we held inventory and we were the one we distributed oh
1: shit. and so it was just like i just knew you was drop shipping no no okay. and i was
2: like and I, it got to a point where I didn't even want to check that inbox. I know I because it was you. like, what do you want me to do with the P- USPS didn't deliver? I gave it to them. Girl, what, what I, you I had to do? fire
1: myself from customer service because it's like I was borderline <laughs> cursing people out without using curse words. Like, call it call the that is stressful. Office.
2: But it it just goes back to say like me, like that did not change the trajectory of my life. That company, right? That company, I closed it. Like nothing. Literally, it's like a experience
1: mm-hmm, had mm-hmm, it, you it, learn some lessons and then it
2: wasn't necessary mm-hmm. it wasn't necessary um and so i think that it's important to understand like when you get ideas go back to what your core values are and go back to what your personal mission statement is and does this thing align with those or is it an ego play is it a money is it a money grab or is it something that, you know, like, it's a great idea, but it just ain't mine. Yeah, yeah. And that's okay. Give you, it to somebody else. Like, girl, I don't think about doing this, but I don't have the capacity. You, you got know, more I time wanna, on your hands. Yeah. I know you're trying to leave your job. This might be a good hair. I did the research. Everything was ready to roll it Let's out. Take it and Here go. you go. Don't even give me a percentage. Like, that's a blessing to you.
1: you no, know? I want my percentage. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I feel like part of my... This is going to sound really bad, but I feel like part of my... Challenges have been having money to do things. I feel like when I didn't have no money, I was very, I was much more like strategic, and I took my time because I had no choice. Yeah. <laughs> but when you just got money to do stuff, you can make bad decisions yes. because you have money or
2: access to credit.
1: Yes, and, and it's like you don't need to thing. do that.
2: Like that's one of the reasons why. I mean, I know how to build business credit, but I'm not like I'm very mindful of who I teach how to build business credit because if you don't know how to edit your idea, what you teach me what how to build business credit yes yeah
1: okay it's it's it's. Yeah. I like to ask people stuff on camera so easy. I'm like girl let me play this it, back you it, said it no it
2: is it's, you know I mean I build business credit for you know it's not one, hard two, three, it's just the three the, businesses
1: the the, the process. You got to do this account. You got three of these accounts. You got to wait six months. I just Yeah, but there, there's
2: a there's a way, like, a, I, there's a shortcut. Okay, we'll that talk offline. You can sign up for it. Wink, wink. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get you situated. Okay. You don't
1: have business credit? I got a little bit. I'm like, Corey. I don't I know what your bit. ideas, girl. I got a little bit. I'm not going to go crazy. Okay. You can trust me.
2: Because that's the thing is, like, people are getting, like, these large lines of business credit I'm to fund about these lesson. ideas. They're not ready no. to follow through on, but that bill is still due.
3: Yes, Like, you fact. still
2: have to pay right. that. I yes. mean, I know some people say, like, just go bankrupt and close it.
1: Hell no. Uh, you don't have
2: to worry about me doing that. I won't do you that. You know so that's another thing. It's just like when you have the money you can listen, it. Listen. Listen. Bought a whole business
1: because yeah. the money was there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Developed a product line for the business. Everything. Developed a body care line. And now it's going to my Airbnb. Like okay. well,
1: you, you pivoted. You can still. I
2: pivoted. We were filling up the it. body wash container. like we're going to take this body wash it. and they're going to use Club Blue for body wash in this Airbnb and they can buy it if they want to. Yes. Off my
1: personal so store. So you're going to make it Make it make it make sense. Yeah. So how do you know when it's time to pivot? Because I think that is such a tough position for a lot Mm. of people to be, especially when you're passionate about something. We could be passionate about some stuff that is like totally not for us, totally not profitable, totally stressing us out. And we don't want to let it go because Mm -hmm. we've built this thing or we're known for for this thing or people expect this thing from us. Mm -hmm. When do you know that it's time to pivot?
2: For me, it's a personal feeling. It's like, oof, like... I love it but I'm exhausted by it I'm not enjoying this the way I once did and it's a systems are set up for me to pivot so mm-hmm. let me be honest like I didn't step away from my finance until I can afford a social media manager till I had an assistant till I had Who's a customer doing an amazing person. job
1: by the way because that thing is still like still going, going strong yes. it really is
2: so I didn't pivot until
1: like and, and
2: I knew I didn't want to abandon it so I didn't pivot until there were people there to operate it and we had solid systems in place and like everybody was, was a smooth running machines where I didn't even have to check in because mm-hmm. now it's the point where I I barely have to check and I'll be in my, i would be like, oh, we, we sent a newsletter out this morning? Oh, good Isn't job. Isn't that a great feeling? Like, like, like somebody's doing some shit you know? Like I'll yeah. see a post, I'll be like, Kristen, that post you did today? Like girl, I, I, I'm detached from the day-to-day functions of the business. Mm-hmm. My job now is to go out and get money, like go out and get money. Um, So I knew that that's when I was ready to pivot, when I was feeling like I needed to pivot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I started my fat Finance in 2013, almost 10 years. Almost 10 years it's only so many budgets I'm willing to talk about. Like there are other people and they are career financial educators. That is not in alignment with my core values. Mm-hmm. I like variety. I like doing different things. I like learning different things. And so I realized, like, okay, now it's time to move to the next thing. You've proven to yourself that you can build something and stick with it. Let's go build the next thing.
1: And it's done. Like, it's repaid you. It, to, oh. It's done so... I it mean, changed my life. You do TV yeah. frequently because I be trying to be the one She be like, no, I'm taping TV shows. <laughs> and then be all the time, she always taping TV shows, doing the things. So, so that just goes to show like, the investment you're getting a return on your investment
2: it changed my life it mm-hmm. did and I, you know one of the things that also let me know there's time to pivot i didn't care to do things that kept us relevant mm-hmm. or that will keep us relevant mm-hmm. um y'all can do that but tying is not making three videos for TikTok. tock yes. i'm not yes. like these instagram reels matter of fact y'all gonna get less reels for me because i'm tired of instagram so i also <laughs> had to realize if i'm not willing to do what's necessary to remain competitive in that space this might be a signal to you that it's time for you to do something that you're excited about being competitive yeah 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 and so yeah and then God like really honestly asking God and like talking like following your intuition when you feel a way like let me sit down and get still Mm -hmm. and listen to what and and talk to your trusted advisors I was at ClickFunnels and I remember I was kind of like first of all that was amazing was that your first time no that was my second time it was, great it was a amazing it was he knows how to do a conference. he does i'm going back next year I, like, me too. I don't bought, even know if i'm in digital marketing my, i already paid my money it's, it's it was a great conference it but was. i remember last year i went i was on a mission right so i was on my mission to have my first million dollar year like mm, in a single did year that. So, like did it and did, and did. <laughs> so i was on a mission so like i went there in a very different space than coming back and being like i feel like i'm in a transition and I, I feel weird. I feel out of place because I'm not here and I'm not mission oriented here. I'm just flowing. Mm. And that felt very weird for me because I'm so used to being focused on things to the point where I was like, I was in a room, I was like, girl, you're depressed. Like, <laughs> <Not> a, <laughs> What is happening right now? Go down and talk to people. And I'm glad that I did because a lot of my colleagues were there and I pulled Everybody up like one of my friends. That. We sat in a room. Mm-hmm. We like I like we laid out a whole new plan mm-hmm. and I trust him. And that's the other thing about pivoting. It's like having people around that you can talk to like, you know, I think I've done what I want to do in this. and I want to do something else. Like, I don't need your permission, but I trust you. What are your mm-hmm, thoughts? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when they be like, girl, you you don't you, you don't roll this out. Yes, You don't roll it out. Like nobody gonna
1: say you gave up too early. Yes. You've done it. You have done it. You've done uh, the thing. Literally.
2: I ain't going to toot my own horn. But toot it,
1: girl. Your girl done did you stuff. Done like, in personal sh-
2: finance, yes. I really, I've done more than I thought that I would in that space. Mm-hmm. Like, self-published my own Amazon bestseller. Like, been in every major publication, like Forbes, Vogue, Essence, Ebony, like Women's Day, to the point where people call me, now New York Times, Wall Street Journal, people call me, I'll be like, Mm, no, I don't know. Nah, oh, oh, yeah. oh, I don't have time.
1: You have the power to and say it, no. It's,
2: it's been beautiful, and my fat finance really changed my life and showed me my power. And sometimes you need things to show you how powerful you are,
1: girl. Throw me this alley oop because my next question is around the save yourself book, right? So Tanya and I, <laughs> Tanya and I, speaking of showing you your power, Tanya and I collaborated um, on a book. It's called Nobody's Coming to Save You. So, okay, it's a guide for you to save yourself. And when I tell you. I had like a vision for what I wanted the book to do, but as I'm reading through the chapters, I'm like, this book is actually going to save someone it's actually going to give someone the power and the courage and the confidence to to identify there's so many different stories from domestic abuse to like the corporate woman that had it all thought she had it all and was like no this still ain't it to homeless like so many powerful stories of how women like pick themselves up Mm. and decided that you know they're not waiting on somebody to come save them so What would you say is your biggest hope that people will get from your chapter specifically? Mm. I would say that
2: it's okay to reinvent yourself if that means saving yourself. Mm. Like if, if you have to step away from everything that you've known or everything that everybody knows you for in order to save yourself and maintain your sanity, it's okay to do that they'll understand later. Yes, they'll like, see it. They don't, they don't they don't, don't got to know and understand why you're doing it. And I know I did say like, you know, asking my trusted people about transitioning and the pivot and everything. But there's a difference between pivoting and saving yourself. And you got to you got to do what like you got to do what you're being told in that moment. Yes. And that yeah, that book, I was reading through the chapter. You know how you like you write something and you step away, and like you removed and you move on to mm-hmm. other things. And I was reading, I was like, dang, dang
1: that's dude. good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh. Yeah, it is. I mean, it really is. And I'm not just saying it. Like, I'm going to put the link in the show description. I'm a YouTuber now, so I got to get used to saying that I'll put the link in the show description <laughs> below, but get a copy because it's thebomb.com. Um, okay. So we got to talk about dating after divorce. Yeah. Because Taya out here in these streets, (laughs) y'all. Taya is out here in these streets doing the damn thing. But I want to talk about it, not just because I want to get all up in your business, even though we do like to get all up in people's business over here. Oh, girl, stop playing. But I think that the way that you are unapologetic about, you're not stepping into dating in a depressive state. You're Mm -hmm. not stepping into, not even dating, but stepping into this new season in, um You're confident. You are looking forward to it. You're excited about it. So what has your experience been and what advice can you offer to someone who's not necessarily getting, you know, out of a divorce or leaving a relationship, but just advice for a single woman who's might be looking for something. Like what what is your experience and what lesson can you share?
2: I do think that my experience is different than a single woman. Okay. Because like for me, especially
1: returning to the dating
2: scene, like I've been married, I had a baby, like Y'all i I'm not dating for marriage at this point. Mm-hmm. Like I That is different. You're right. There there is a certain level of um or a certain lack of commitment that I'm in like eminence. And a like confidence I
1: that you have when you're not looking for someone like, to complete you. Right. I don't I don't want to have another baby. Yeah. Like like I, Are
2: you opposed to having another baby? I just don't see how it would happen. I'm okay. not opposed to okay. it, but I also feel like I was with Karis' father for twelve years total and Like we ain't work out, and I'm like, I don't have 12 years to get to know somebody else. Okay, man, I don't honestly have like two or three years to get to know somebody else. I just don't see it happening. The way I look at it is like, you know, his father will have a child to give care to a sibling, or like I would meet somebody. Okay, like so, but I will say, like for me, I know I, I did. I worked really hard in my marriage. I know that I was a great wife. I know what I brought to the table. Even now, my ex-husband will text me and be like, "Man, it's been so hard like doing life without you." Like I really took it for granted. Like, bro, I know. I told you that. Good luck. I told you before. I I told you that life is going to be different without me. Um, And for me, it's just like that confidence in knowing what kind of woman I am. Um, But also the freedom to not be obligated to somebody and like to move in a space where it's like, no, I don't gotta check in if I don't want to. Like if I wanna go straight to sleep, I can go straight to sleep. Uh, I mean, now I am dating someone I am dating
1: oh, someone. Oh, someone. Okay, I'm sorry. She is not in these streets. I I'm not, not anymore. I apologize. Not anymore. Okay.
2: I, told, I remember talking with my homeboys and I was like, dang, somebody don't found me. He was like, oh, women like you don't stay in the market for long. They're going to snatch they you should, up. Yeah. Like they, don't and, long. and I'm, I'm dating somebody who I really enjoy. Like I really enjoy uh, when I first met him. I was like, I feel like we're going to have fun together. Because I do think that when you get into those final stages of your marriage, like before it's ending, very rarely. And when it comes to divorce, are people like, man, we were having the time of our lives right, for our right, divorce. Right. Like, no. You don't really like each other like that. Like, things are tense. you like, do I want to invite them? Do I want to spend like a mm-hmm, around mm-hmm. them like that when you get to a divorce point? And I miss enjoying being around somebody. Yeah. Like, I miss enjoying being around male energy and just like, this is just fun and refreshing. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was really looking forward to when I got it, when we was like, okay, we're not going to do this. Um, but there was still a grieving process. There was still, an even... Even now, I think that now we're selling our marital home. There's grief associated with that. Like, that was the first home that I purchased. We purchased it together. Like, we moved to Georgia in that house. Like, that, I was sitting in the backyard literally yesterday because now the home is under contract. And they had their Congratulations.
1: Congratulations. Thank you.
2: Thank you. And it was bittersweet. Mm-hmm. It was like this is another chapter closing. And, like, I was that kid who cried watching Will Goes West. So for me, it's like I'm emotional about this chapter closing. And it brought up, even though I went through therapy and worked through my grief and, like, the first the first months after the divorce, like, I would take care of my parents' house. And, like, they would just be, he would be with his grandparents for, like, a week at a time. So, like, Mommy, if she needed to wake up and cry to get it out and, like, shower and, like, sit there on the edge of the bed and cry, I had the space to do that. And so I thought I had got it all out. But things bring it back up. Like, oh, we're closing this chapter. Mm-hmm. Or like, like, it even, really
1: is over. Even yeah.
2: orientation. I remember taking my son to orientation for school and like seeing all these families and everything. And I was like, dang, like, I'm a single mom up in this joint. And like, you know, they're like, is his dad coming? I don't know where the bro, I don't know
3: where bro at. <laughs> like, he said he
2: was on his way. We don't live together. I don't know. And so it is like, there's moments that bring things up where I do have like, oh man. Grief is pu- is pulling up, but my joy outweighs that.
3: Mm, mm-hmm. And like
2: I work through it, move through it. What are we feeling right now, Tanya? Okay, that's understandable, mm-hmm. like, girl. You're that's that's really under that's understandable. And like name how you feel. Okay, you feel like this. You feel like this. You feel like this. You feel like you like. Because I remember when I, we first got divorced, I felt like I felt um, like a failure. Mm. And I was like my marriage failed. Like, I'm telling people to own their power, da, da, da. And then I looked at it, I was like, no, time, you owned your power because you chose to walk away from that marriage. Mm-hmm. And you decided, like, it didn't serve you anymore. And it wasn't honoring you. Mm-hmm. So it didn't fail. You wanted honoring yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. And I just had to really, just really sit through and walk through it. Did you ever feel like... I don't know if shame is the right word. Absolutely. But, okay, that was the right word. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay.
2: And my mom and dad are still married. My parents have been married for 42 years.
1: I feel like social media just adds another layer. Though, it does. Because it's like Girl. you've done, <laughs> okay. you know, The first of all, people are nosy as hell. Second of all, you uh-huh. show them all the good. So then it's like, well, how much do I want to tell you about? Every time I see someone that has like a subliminal message about like leaving their husband, I'm like, damn. You know it. It takes. It's another notch for you know the people who are. Can women? Can to women they, have it yeah. all? And you
2: can. It just takes the right partner. It really. And I felt like I was upset at myself for choosing the wrong partner. Like, mm. hey, they chose the right partner. Why you choose the wrong partner? And I was upset about that. But I also realized like you showed up for him. He had to show up for you. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you know you gave him like and I'm not saying that he didn't because he showed up in a lot of ways and he was like his Kara's father was he was a great like husband in a lot of regards there's just things that fundamentally we disagree on mm-hmm. and like ways he copes with things that i'm like mm, i want to do that of. yeah um but yes there was definitely like even seeing like there was a point where i'd be like unfollow unfollow i don't want to say they happy asses unfollow
1: <laughs> i'm <laughs> not even gonna hey, lie good for your mental health it, that it is like you
2: know what maybe we'll follow them back because they real cute but, but right, now, right now no or it would be um you know, like certain things I wouldn't listen to or certain things I wouldn't watch or everything because I felt like I'm not ready mm-hmm, to address mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you mentioned people be watching because, like, we and Karis' father um, separated in January, um, he moved out Valentine's Day. And I didn't publicly Not announce. Valentine's and Day. I was cool with it. Like, listen, I was like, if I can get through this week, because it was Valentine's Day, our anniversary, and his birthday all in the same mm. week. And I was like, if I can get through this week, girl, you will be okay. You can okay. do anything. If you can get through this week where like all these major moments for you guys are coming, mm-hmm. you'll be okay. And um, I didn't publicly announce until June though like I I wanted to walk through my process. Right. I wanted to walk through my grief. I wanted to walk through like my my transition, the transition for Karis, What mm-hmm. does our new normal look like before I explain it to anybody right. that wasn't closely related to me. So when I announced it, it was funny cuz people's like I felt a shift and I was wondering when you were gonna say something or I noticed you weren't wearing your ring but yeah, I do wanna are. say thank you all for being respectful cause mm, nobody mm-hmm. at any point reached out and was like girl you ain't wearing your ring what's mm-hmm, up mm-hmm. like nobody at any point asked me that I think, but I think people were like something going on she on a birthday trip yeah, she yeah, traveling yeah, for 14 yeah.
1: days and that man ain't with people her be reading between the lines be, it's Real, cool read Yeah,
2: I'm gonna talk about open it when I want to talk baby. about it like I'll talk about it when I want to
1: alright you ready to play a game I love games. Kind
2: of. Okay. I kind of. I kind of love okay, games. People
1: don't be doing that good, but I, we're not gonna do trivia. We're not gonna do trivia. Don't worry. I'm not. Well, gonna...
2: I don't know. I might. Let's do one trivia question. You want to do one trivia question? One. Okay. I might
1: do good. Okay. On so it. we're gonna. Okay. I'm gonna <laughs> let you. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm gonna let you pick two. So we're gonna play inside of pull your card. You have these are pretty. Five, thank you. There's five different games. A mashup of my favorite party games from. Um, taboo to heads up to never ever have I ever but we're not gonna get that spicy. Um, okay, so Ew. pick your brand person did their thing. Thanks girl. pick one trivia card. <sighs> and then we're gonna play this or that. okay. Let's see what we got. Okay. oh Lord. last person didn't get this one right. Oh Lord, but you might get it right. All right <clears throat> where is Bruno Mars's condo? Is this from a song or I like in life? I don't know. You tell me. New York. All right, I'll give you a point. I'll give you a point for that. <laughs> is okay. it Brooklyn. It's Manhattan. Oh, Okay. Toronto <laughs> and Man. Baby girl. Was oh, baby it. girl, what's happening? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay, she got John it. Y'all. Is she is good. She is good. she is good. John. Yeah. See? See? Okay. All right. You did that. Okay. So these are not as hard. It's literally just your opinion. Okay. Um. So this one is called This or That. I'm gonna name two options. You just pick one. Okay. Insecure or power. Insecure without a doubt you said that like girl, girl I, I feel like my life at
2: very like varying points is an episode is of insecure, insecure. Yeah. yes it, I had people moving to my rental property like under, underneath like my the nose the closest insecure.
1: thing to a real black woman's experience that I've ever seen shout out to Issa Rae I can't wait to have you on the she show she did her thing she did her thing um, okay Fresh Prince or Martin ooh Martin I knew you were gonna say Martin nobody ever says Fresh Prince looks or money Cause you got your own money, girl. I know. I got a lot of. I have to
2: like to look at you. You can make money. Like I don't. Yeah. Looks. I'm gonna okay. say. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna say looks.
1: Okay. Like I know how to make money. Okay. We got that on lock. Okay. So this is a perfect question for Miss My Fat Finance herself. Um, would you choose an 800 credit score or 50k cash?
2: 50k cash. Easy. Absolutely. 50k cash. Really? Why? Because I know how to make it work for me. Okay. I know that the 800 credit score will allow me to get other things, but so will a 720. Like there's not much difference in what you can get approved for between like 750 and 800.
1: Really? But I know that
2: 50k I can do some things with that.
1: So aspiring to get a 750 is good enough. This 800. It thing depends is, on the person. Okay. For me
2: as a financial educator like I'm at 750 760 I'm good like I don't have well, And good. I one of my fellow financial educators you know she has a perfect credit score and she just an article came out and I was like good for her.
1: That seems so stressful cuz it's like one thing and that thing ain't perfect no more.
2: For me it's like I really, when I'm looking at a goal, I look at how does this affect my life? Like, and for me, it's like 50K will affect my life more than having a perfect credit score, because there's certain things I can do with that.
1: Well, for the people who want more financial advice, or just want to follow you and get a little bit more into your business, look right here in this camera and let the people know how they can stay connected with you, where they can find you online and all that good stuff.
2: So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Yes. So don't go to my website because we're doing some things over there. But you can find me at Tanya.rapley on Instagram. As I mentioned, I'm in a personal transition. And so you get to witness this transition outside of being a financial educator and a CEO and a mom. I'm also an art collector and investor. I'm sharing more about that journey and the spaces that I'm pivoting into. So if you're looking for inspiration, make sure that you follow Tanya.Rapley because I'm very honest and transparent on there. I answer a lot of questions that people have
1: and we just have a good time on my platform. We do have a good time. And I hope y'all had a good time on this episode of Girl Stop Playing. Thank you so much for tuning in. Share this show with a friend. Love y'all and I'll see you next week. Girl, hey, I hope you enjoyed that video. This channel is all about encouraging you to stop playing with your potential and start working for what you want in life and in love. So make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you'll be notified when the next video drops. And comment below and let me know what you wanna see on the next video. Peace out.